the first time, the sound broke into a million glowing pieces. And the mother rose up from the center of the earth to watch over them. always here and always will be and as long as you believe in her Hey everybody, welcome back to Uncanny Cinema. We are going to be looking at kind of a fantasy film, um, sort of a magical realism film this time around. We're going to be looking at Wendy from 2020, which would have the status of our most recent film that we've looked at for sure. I know we did some 2019s back when it was 2020, so I don't know the exact like window for all that, but... You know, definitely the most recent for a film that has come out. This came out in February of 2020 and expanded a little bit in March. And then COVID hit. Um, so we will talk a little bit about that coming up. It is directed by Ben Zeitland. And he is most famous for directing Beasts of the Southern Wild in 2012. And that film obviously went on to get nominations for Best Picture, Best Director, the Lead Actress was nominated, and I believe it had another uh, Oscar as well. I'm not sure what it is offhand. He also directed a short film called Glory at Sea, and that uh, is, is very much in the vein of both of these films. All three of these, uh, it's like a 25-minute short film. So all of these have like a magical realism. They're all set in the South. They're, uh, he's from New Orleans, so I think they all have like connections to some degree to that uh, part of the world. Um, so those are the only things that he's put out professionally. But Beast of the Southern Wild obviously was a very big deal at the time. Essentially, it's his first feature film, and he gets Best Director nomination and Best Picture nomination. And then this one does not come out until, like I said, 2020. Um, but it had been in the works for a good number of years. He initially announced it, I think 2014 might have been the first it was kind of talked about. And then I remember hearing the premise probably 2015 or 16 that he was going to be doing a movie roughly inspired by the Peter Pan story, which is what this is. It is a reinterpretation of the Peter Pan story. And so when I heard that, reading like on movie news sites i was like yes absolutely and then the movie just took forever to finally come out like they were just it was announced and then i think he just kind of has a slow process and it just took a while and then uh it finally did come out in 2020 all right i'll talk about some other specific stuff coming up but I'm going to introduce our cast here we have a all returning crew they've been on various episodes there have been some debates and uh, conversations over who actually holds the crown and title of most frequent guest. I believe it's still Eric. Mm -hmm. But um, <laughs> but this, uh, this grouping has had, uh, we, we've had this grouping several times, especially when we first started, but I was looking back through the episodes. We haven't had this exact grouping uh, since 
Don't hug me, I'm scared. This is sort of our our fantasy (laughs) collective here. Of uh, we end up watching a lot of like fantasy films with these these people. So we are joined here by Eric once again. Hello. We've got Jack coming back. Uh, Both Jack and Eric have been on a couple episodes recently. Greetings, Linton. And we have Jess coming back. And Jess, you were last on once. Is that right? Yes. Hi. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. So, like I said, this kind of tends to be our fantasy grouping. I think everyone on here tends to like, you know, fantastical works, whether it's, you know, animated or if it's uh, live action. And so we slant that way for some of it. So we'll definitely have some things to talk about as far as how this film operates, its strengths, its weaknesses. We'll talk about its kind of relationship to the Peter Pan story. And I definitely wanted to raise like our our view on like other Peter Pan iterations throughout the years. Like in the prep document, I listed some of them. So if anybody has that pulled up, you can see like some of the uh, more famous ones that we could uh, touch upon coming up. All right. Um, yeah. So any other notes I have on this? Let's see. It's uh, it was shot in Montserrat, an island uh, south of Antigua, which was significantly depopulated following a major volcanic eruption in the early 2000s. This is an island that has a li- live volcano, and from what I read, the shooting seemed semi-dangerous. <laughs> like that they, you know, like maybe they shouldn't have been there, especially with a lot of children. <laughs> I don't know, but uh, everything seemed to turn out okay. I don't think uh, I don't think they lost any kids, but uh, but yeah, that was something. Uh, so that's where they shot, and that was a little like interesting background note. The movie uh, I already mentioned Ben Zeitland directed this, but it was written by him and his sister Eliza, and then it cost an estimated six million dollars. And it made $143,000. So real bad. Um, I will say, though, I mean, a movie like this, we'll get into the particulars, but a movie like this was never or was very unlikely to take America by storm. I mean, Beast of the Southern Wild certainly was very successful, but it was like an indie darling and it kind of caught on, but just as easily could have not. You could have been like an undiscovered film, um, but that caught on. This one, I would say, had some problems that that one doesn't have. But then, you know, you 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 just got to get that. It's got to catch on to be able to like propel it. But the fact that this came out in February 2020, and then COVID hit, uh, is what I believe truly killed this movie. Um, my personal connection with this is, like I said, I was very much looking forward to seeing this. I had seen the trailer. I had heard about it years back. I'd seen the trailer. I'd listened to the soundtrack. Um, so I knew going in, very much wanting to see it. It was coming to one of my local like indie theaters where I live. And so that was going to be like near the end of March, mid uh, it was like mid-March, back half of March, something like that. And so COVID obviously had been ongoing within the United States, January, February, initial instances of it. And we didn't yet know how bad things were going to be. 
and then March stuff start. That's when they're canceling March Madness and everything else. Uh, and still too soon to talk about it. It's just, <laughs> do we have to remind ourselves of the horror of last hey, year? It's really? a, we're a year out and we're almost out of it. But this is part of my story, Jack, so stop sorry, it. Sorry, I'm sorry. But, uh, but yeah, so you, you had things that were in the initial stages of canceling. And I was planning on going to see this. And I live in Ohio. And Trump had started his, you know, barely closing stuff down speeches and uh, our governor, DeWine, was starting to make addresses to the public. But basically, at, at I think earlier in that week, DeWine instigated like, okay, we're going to go on lockdown. And we went on like an official two-week lockdown or whatever it was. Um, back when we didn't know everything that was going to be and back when we didn't know that politicians weren't going to give a fuck and let us all die but anyway uh that was going to happen and that was going to happen like friday and wendy was coming out like i think that thursday at this uh indie theater and i had been so looking forward to going to see it in the theater i had also been following the covid news and new stuff like that was coming out of italy of like people dying and like not having enough hospital beds and this was before we had masks this is before they were telling us to wear masks. This is before we knew enough about any of this, of like how to stay safe. So I was essentially in a position where it's like, I really want to see this movie, but I might die if I do. <laughs> so I was like, it was so conflicting of like, because I mean, part of me was thinking like, it's pro I'm probably okay and it's going to be a pretty empty theater. You know, it's, a, it's an indie theater. You're not going to have a whole lot of people. But we also just didn't know enough, and so I was so tempted, but I was like, I should just not go. And so I didn't. Um, so I did not get so to So you're see saying it. it's your fault that it didn't make money? Uh, it's it's all of our faults. It's it's COVID's <laughs> fault. Uh, it's Donald Trump's fault. You feel guilty, fault. though. Uh, I feel guilty that I did not get to see this in the theater on the, on the mm -hmm. big screen because I likely will never get the chance to since it made $143,000 and I can't imagine this is going to be run anywhere ever again on a big screen. I mean, maybe if Ben Zeitling catches on in a real big way in the future, or maybe. Rent a theater? They, I guess. Theaters need the money, man. Just oh, rent it. You yeah. could probably buy a theater at this point. That could be the first thing you do when we're all vaccinated. Just have a there big you go. party. Absolutely. We'll Wendy party. Wendy. All right. Well, anyway, so yeah. So this was one that I had wanted to see, you know, back when it came out. It unfortunately was uh, just destroyed by COVID. And then it's been out on, it came out on streaming shortly after, because I think like they more or less, it, it, it was right around, if anyone remembers, Onward was a couple weeks prior. And, um, on, and yes. Onward was actually in theaters, and then Disney saw the writing on the wall, and it's like, this is just going to die here, and we, we like there's nothing we can do. So that's, they like pulled it out of theaters, and they put it on Disney Plus very quickly. And so, uh, yeah, I think, I don't know how long Wendy officially was in theaters that they let it hang out there. Um, but yeah, it was like probably within a, a month or two, it was up on like streaming options. So... And I, I didn't watch it. I, I had been, like, wanting to watch it oh, for a while. Clinton. No, I, I wanted to watch it for a long time. And then I thought, oh, well, I'll do it for the show at some point. And so <laughs> then it became something. All right. 
So that's uh, that's some background information on Wendy. We will launch into this. What do we think of Wendy? I always go first, and I don't want to this time. <laughs> Eric. I'll go first, um, mainly because my, my story is much less sad than Linton's because <laughs> I did see it in theaters last year. <gasps> Um, wow. And Linton brought it to my attention. And he got COVID. <laughs> <laughs> I, I believe this was the last movie I saw in theaters before everything was shut down. Oh, this or God. Onward. I've never seen it around the same time, but yeah. I, I didn't know anything about this movie. Damn, you were but, on it. Yeah, Linton, I think you, you sent me the soundtrack or something. I and just... I think I I think I think probably had told you. Yeah, you... you, you and, Je- and Jess, I think I probably sent you like a link. For the oh, yeah. trailer or something. Oh, it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Just leave We've me out. So, yeah, yeah, I think you sent me a link to the hey, soundtrack. Hey, Jack, you didn't want to talk, so be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> and I had no idea this movie was a thing, but and Lynn was like, oh, I'm waiting for this movie to come out. It looks really cool. And I was like, oh, yeah, the, it's by the guy that did Be Something on the Wire, so this, look, this looks really good. And since I live in New York City, it was very easy for me to do, like, the next day, I just went out and saw it. Um, no problem. Well, yeah, it, it came out, like I said, it came out in February, so you might have been able to see it. Yeah. I mean, if you're in New York, it's, but yeah, like it didn't get here until near the end of March, so. Yeah. And that's probably around when I saw February, it. February, I guess. Yeah, it, it was probably playing at multiple theaters at that point. Um, but, uh, so yeah, I saw it then, and a year later, I'm rewatching it. Um, <laughs> I pretty much have the same feeling on it as I did when I first saw it, which was I. I overall liked it. I can't say I wasn't a little disappointed just because how much I liked Southern Wild and how this was like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. this is going to be like the Peter Pan story, but with these same kind of visuals and music, that's going to be really good. And um, I think, you know, it, it it tapers off from the, the traditional arc of the story pretty quickly. And I there's stuff in it that I love, but I feel like I don't know if I'm missing something or... There's just ways to interpret these scenes that I just don't. So, you know, maybe after we talk about it, I'll end up liking it more because things might have gone over my head. But, um, you know, for me, it's like... Jack is out for blood today. (laughs) What am I not? This Um, is what I bring. But, yeah, visuals, music, all great. There's some really great scenes. For me, it just doesn't quite come together fully. But, you know, that's where I stand. Jack? Really, you want me to go? Okay, all right, I can go. Well, I I can, I can go first because like we'll probably let's say Jess for last, um, <laughs> based based on previous comments. I'll just say like for me, not only was I looking forward to this because of Beast of the Southern Wild because I did love that movie. I think it's fantastic, but I'm a big fan of the Peter Pan story, and we can talk more of like the specifics of Peter Pan as we get into it. And like I said, talk some other adaptations, but like it's one that I kind of came to late. To be honest, I, I mean, I, I would have seen the Disney version as a kid, um, but I, I don't think I ever, I mean, maybe like the Mary Martin stuff might have seen that, like the, you know, the, I think it's Mary Martin, isn't it? The stage version, like the recorded, mm-hmm. yeah. So uh, I would have seen that. But yeah, then I was in a high school version of Peter Pan as Captain Hook. So there was always kind of like, that was like my senior Did you have to wear tights, or was that just the Peter character? No, I didn't have to wear tights, but I wore, you know, just like like Captain stuff. I'm sorry to disappoint. (laughs) Good. Um, I would imagine uh... for Captain Hook, you wore Captain (laughs) stuff. But, uh, but no, I mean, so like that, it was, you know, my senior show, and it's obviously like a big show. We had moved to 
a high school or we had a new high school and we had a new theater space that had flying space for it which our theater director mm. had always like wanted to do peter pan but they didn't have flying space yeah so so yeah i, I mean i kind of have like a connection to it because of that and then like my dad got me like when the play was over like the actual novel of it and so it's yes. the first time i've ever read it and I love it as a book. I think it's a better book than it is a play. The play is great for what it is, but I think the novel adds different dimensions and levels to it that aren't there or as apparent in the play. Um, so yeah, I've, I've just had a strong connection to that kind of world. And then Jack, you might remember in college, I wrote um, like a short script for a, a video um, in one of our classes that was like kind of a riff on Peter Pan we were in a class together, but you look yeah. like you don't remember this, but oh, I did. I have a poor memory in general, <laughs> but I think I do vaguely remember I that, remember actually. you being a fan, but um, it was Sounds in like uh, something I would do. Eric Williams' class. Um, oh, the but, best. But yeah, so so I'm a, I'm a fan of like the Peter Pan world in general, and so that amped it up when I saw the Beast of Southern Wild guy was doing this. So I'm coming to it kind of with that. So where I fall on it is I'm kind of this is right up my alley that doesn't mean that I don't think it ha it doesn't have flaws because I think it does and we'll be talking about that I think I'm with Eric that I don't think it totally comes together I don't think it's nearly as strong as Beasts was but ultimately there's like just so many parts for me that work and that touch on stuff of the pan world the pan character and the, specifically the novel that no other adaptations even attempt so i i'm i'm very much in the positive camp but it's it's still a frustrating thing because i can see the movie that it could be if it was like tightened and cleaned up in some ways um but yeah that's kind of where i land on it jack i'm very similar uh huge fan of peter pan not the Disney cartoon, I actually never really cared for that very much, uh, but I absolutely adore the book. I think it's phenomenal and super underrated, even though it's really famous. I, I don't know. I feel like a lot of people know about it but haven't actually read it, uh, which is just a shame because it is phenomenal. And I uh, came into this knowing very little other than, uh, Linton, you told me, that's a Peter Pan story. It's like, oh, then I'm in. It doesn't, I don't need to know anything else. Uh, and I've actually never seen Beasts of the Southern Wild because I'm a horrible person. And that's fine. I've come to terms with that. Uh, I will see it eventually. Um, you really should because so it's know, really good. I know. I didn't know what tone to expect out of this movie. I didn't know, you know, I don't know this director's style or anything. So I was uh, blown away, actually. I loved it. This is by by far my favorite thing that I've watched for this podcast. Oh, wow. Absolutely. Wow. And more, there were no puppets the, in it, the, which more helped. More than the fall? More than the fall. I know. Wow. Well, this actually has a lot of overlap with the fall. Not a lot of overlap, exactly. But there's elements that are really similar. Yeah. Um, uh, shooting style has some similarities in some parts. In other parts, super not at all. But I, I, I loved it a lot. And I know we've touched on it a little bit. But the music is unreal. The music is so good. I absolutely love it. Oh, yes. <laughs> Jess, uh, we'll tee you up here. Uh, I think, uh, I mean, feel free to elaborate, but I think you're a pretty big Peter Pan fan yourself. It's one of the reasons Pan I fan. 
wanted to have you on uh, beyond just our kind of fantasy grouping. And you also have a Peter Pan tattoo, I believe, right? Oh, yeah. I have a back tattoo of Peter Pan. <laughs> it's, a uh, you know, I grew up, obviously, with the Disney version, and I still love it, racist bullshit aside, um, <laughs> you know, but... And then I grew up with Hook in the 90s, and I loved it mm-hmm, then. And, mm-hmm. like, I just – I've always loved the Peter Pan story um, in every iteration. The book is one of my favorites. I didn't read that till high school, but um, loved it. And it just – yeah, it deepened the story for me. There's so many elements of it that they don't really include in the movies. And you got a deeper understanding of, like – Okay, here's what I'll... Okay. So <laughs> I was so excited to have a movie that's basically Wendy's perspective. And I feel like even though like she's kind of the window into the story a lot, um, her and the other kids, um, you know, Peter Pan is obviously the star of the show. And so I was excited to like see their connection and their friendship from her side and I feel like they kind of cut that part out of this one, and I was disappointed because um, that's I think that's an important part of the story is just the, Peter's connection to Wendy. And, um, yeah, I just thought they completely minimized it, which was weird. I'm like, you're telling Wendy's story, and that's, like, a big part of it. Anyway, so <laughs> um, I thought I would like this a lot. And I was just kind of like, I don't, I think I'm missing something. I don't know. A lot of parts didn't work for me. Some parts did. Um, I love the, the setting is awesome. Um, how it opens. I love that first scene in mm-hmm. its entirety, just like, you know, seeing the kid jump on the train. We'll get into the, I guess the breakdown of the story, but like a lot of things did work. The soundtrack. Awesome. Um, I love the actress that plays Wendy. I yeah. thought the kid that played Peter was great. Yeah, those two were great. <laughs> um, but I just feel like there were... I, I didn't connect with it in the way that I'm used to connecting with Peter sure. Pan as a story. And I just didn't feel anything by the end. Like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I felt nothing. nothing. <laughs> it's... It's this damn COVID. I just <laughs> have turned into a shell of my former self. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I get where you're, I mean, I, I think you're not totally far off where we're, our criticisms would be. I guess I'm surprised that you felt nothing because I think, just, just surprised, just because I think for us, probably certain scenes connected with us. Your point about Peter and Wendy, though, that isn't stuff that I thought about, but I think you're dead on. Like, I don't think they minimize him, but they present him more as like, He's he's a side character, and he's like the closest I could compare him to. He's not presented this way in, in his characterization, but like in the original Pirates of the Caribbean, Jack Sparrow is not mm. the lead character. He is kind mm-hmm. of a mysterious, impish character off to the side. Mm-hmm. And Will Turner and Elizabeth are driving the plot. And then as the Pirates movies went on, they kind of like made him more, you know, made Jack Sparrow more prominent and stuff. But in that first movie, he's like important, but kind of helping to propel things off to the side a bit and i think that's kind of how they use peter here but yeah i didn't think about what you're saying jess of like yeah at the end of the day though wendy is meant to kind of have this special connection with peter that the other kids don't have and the movie has scenes with them together and they have kind of back and forth 
but yeah, I, I would agree that you don't necessarily get that connection. I, I mean, she kind of pushes against him in some ways. And so that might be part of the goal of the movie is that they want, I mean, I, I've got something that the author, you know, the director said in regards to presenting her, that might be intentional, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, I, I would say you're right that there's a, a distance there that usually isn't there. I will say an addendum to my previous, <laughs> I felt nothing at the end. Um, <laughs> when, <laughs> when it came up of like, uh, I don't know if it was in memory of or dedicated to mm-hmm. and then the woman's name. And I was like, had been reading articles too as I was watching. And it was the girl who played Wendy's mom uh, oh, died really? like the year before, oh. like 2019 wow. she died. And so I immediately burst into tears then. But like, <laughs> I think that's all the emotion that wanted to get out and get sure, it in yeah. the movie. And then learning that information, I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> so I, I actually liked that um, Wendy and Peter weren't this like, okay, well, you're the mother now. And like that whole thing. I loved that that wasn't there. Wendy wasn't the only girl on the island. Well, the only uh, girl child. I guess there were other mm-hmm. women on the island. We'll get into that because um, it's it's a pretty, I think, fairly stark deviation from the normal story in that regard. But I, I loved that because I always that was one of the only, one of the things that frustrated me. It was like, OK, well, a woman's here. She has to be our mother. She's not involved in the adventures. She's just the mom character. And that's boring to me as, as, as a female myself. I don't want to show up and just be like, OK, all right, you're relegated to this point. But Wendy in this movie is on equal footing with everyone else. She's running around having adventures, uh, doesn't have like extra responsibilities, isn't expected to take care of anyone. She's just being a child uh, and having the time of her life. Uh, I think one of her lines that I loved was, uh, tell my mom I'm being wild as hell. uh, And when I get back, I'm going to show her how. And it's like, I love that. I love that Wendy just got to be. It was cool to me. Yeah, I, and since we're bringing it up here, it makes sense to just kind of uh, touch on it. So I, I looked up some reviews on this movie. The reviews were not particularly kind. Um, a, a lot of a lot of They're mixed, wrong. <laughs> a lot of mixed <laughs> reviews. I mean, they weren't like they weren't all just scathing. A lot of them were kind of like it's not as good as Beasts or it's a frustrating movie. And then a couple of them were scathing. I was like, you dick. <laughs> like just mostly not just because I like enjoy the movie to a degree, but like some of them were just like, what is your deal? Like, like some of the things that they were going on about or like holding Ben Zeitlin to, but, <laughs> but I did. So I was looking up some stuff and I did find an article that was talking about kind of the process making of it once it was like about ready to come out. And there was a couple quotes by him. So he says, as we went back and looked at every version of Peter Pan we'd ever experienced, it had nothing to do with the story we wanted to tell. They're all sort of bogged down in some really sexist archetypes. So much of that story is really about adventure for little boys. The girls make them pockets and stay in the house and wait for them to come home. Thank you. And then he says he was especially bothered by the way Wendy came across, quote, in every version of Wendy, including... uh, Including the one in the original text, she just has no agency. She's the girl who has a crush on Peter. And then he said, uh, okay, in Zeitlin's version, Wendy grows to distrust her troublemaking guide and take control of the situation once Captain Hook becomes a threat. Quote, we wanted to create this strong little girl who we were going to make the hero in the film as opposed to the brazen recklessness of Peter. 
So that's that's part of his goal in this. So I mean, I'm not surprised. Like Jack, you were like right there with him, and like basically <laughs> word for word what he was uh, saying in his article. Perfect. Great. But yeah, I, I so I, I'm wondering, like, yeah, if, if they're pushing, they're pushing back against that because they don't want to be like, oh, and Wendy loves Peter, and Peter loves what? Like he wanted to change their relationship in a way. I can still see that as being. A, problematic for jess or 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 not not being able to connect with it in the same way just because even if you're wanting to push against it it still seems like maybe you should have more of a relationship to push against or something you know like even if you want to say something different i would have been happy with just a strong friendship a conversation that happened maybe not an hour into the movie like it's kind of and plus their first conversation is you're my mother, I'm your father, of, like, it's still, he still just first... uses, like. <laughs> yeah, that's their, that's definitely their only conversation where they touch on that, and it's their mm-hmm. only, I would call, heart-to-heart conversation. Mm-hmm. They converse before that. Well, yeah, but, yeah, the first, like, one-on-one yeah. Yeah, moment yeah. with them yeah. is and this, that's... I don't know, I guess I just, like, I get what they're saying of, like, yeah, she doesn't need to just be the girl with the crush, absolutely, but, like, there does need to be a bond there that we can feel of like, this is why she matters to Peter. This is why, you know, Mm. I don't know. So I guess, and I like how they made him younger, I guess, to avoid the crush thing. I thought it was really fun to see just like a really young Peter. um, Cause he's usually like Wendy's age ish. Mm -hmm. So I really liked his energy, but like, then you kind of cut out any deep conversation they can have because he's just a little kid. <laughs> and, like, I don't know. I I do like – I think you're right. I think they could have had a uh, stronger relationship between Wendy and Peter without jumping to any sort of crush type of thing. Um, but I do really love that there wasn't any of that. There was no, like – um, romantic anything like in the whole movie. I thought that was great. It was breath of fresh air, and it was just kids being kids. And mm-hmm. I think one of the things I absolutely adored about this is I thought all the child actors were amazing, uh, and I thought all the dialogue was great, and all these little kids. I mean, okay, not all that little, but definitely like ten and younger were saying these great lines. Like the the dialogue is absolutely it's excellent so quotable so good and all these kids are just saying them very naturally uh and the costuming was just like t-shirts and like beat up (laughs) shoes and like shorts and things that didn't match and it was just like it felt like kids being kids and it was great it didn't feel like adults version of what kids are it just felt like kids and i loved that so uh, real quick, just to kind of cover the structure and kind of how things work. As we've commented, this is a version of Peter Pan, but it is set in present day, sort of like a dreamlike version of present day because um, like kids are like riding the rails on a train in a way That's that feels awesome. very like 1930s hobos. But, yeah. uh, you know, but it's set, um, I, I believe, I don't know if it's ever actually stated, but I think it's meant to be like New Orleans or somewhere in that part of the country. And then they go off to Neverland um, on the train. There's no flying shown at the beginning or anything like that. 
And so a lot of the like magical elements, which still exist, are just kind of like brought down a bit and they're altered. And then there's a lot down of things. Yeah. And there's a lot of things that get kind of like reconfigured and changed, which we'll talk about coming up. But the, the thing that kicks this off is we have, and I also note, we've talked about the child actors. No one in this movie is famous, in children or adults. There's no star. There's no even like character actor that you would have seen in anything. Um, the children are virtually all unknowns. The adult actors, I think, have maybe acted in a handful of films or like plays and things like that. But very much similar to Beasts of the Southern Wild, because I know on that one, he, you know, found his leads. Uh, they were just like local people that he had auditioned. And so all these people are just like people that he they, they interviewed, like just like hundreds of kids, I think, to find the right ones. So I can I can list the names, but it's like Devin France is Wendy Darling. Uh, Yashu Mack is Peter Pan. Gage Nakwin and Gavin Nakwin are Douglas and James Darling. They're twins. Oh, they're real twins. Okay. Yeah, mm -hmm. they're uh, they're Wendy's brothers. And then uh, Kevin Pugh plays Captain Hook, like an old, older man. And then there's several others. Ahmed Cage is a character. One of the little um, the Lost Boys is Sweet Heavy, has the name yeah. of Sweet Heavy. <laughs> And then there's some other, you know, characters that come in. Um, but yeah, no one famous. Uh, obviously, you can look them up if you want on IMDb. But we follow this one kid initially at a diner. Wendy's mom works at a diner and her brothers are there. And this one kid whose name is Thomas, he kind of like overhears some adults talking and kind of teasing him because it's his birthday. And like, he's going to grow up and he's going to become a fry cook or he's going to like... Clean mop out. and broom man yeah. mop and broom man yeah so so he rejects it in this like i'm i'm gonna keep rocking forever <laughs> in a homer simpson type way um and so he runs off uh he, he sees this train go by and you have this like figure jumping train cars which we find out later is peter and so that's him being whisked off to neverland he decides to run off to that and then he just disappears and no one in the town knows what happened to him Wendy does. She sees it happen because she's like four or five. Oh my god, that little uh, baby is so cute. Unbelievable how cute that child is. I was like, yes, unbelievable. So cute. So she's sort of like, you know, wishing she had gone or that she would have had the ability to go, but like nobody else in town knows, and there's like, you know, aged pictures of him of what he might be at 13 and that kind of stuff. But yeah, then essentially the kids, her and her two brothers, uh, are five years older or so and the train car comes back and peter's there and so now they are whisked off to their you know their adventure to neverland which we never really know like where neverland is it's it's you know presented like a magical space but it's but it all feels like real like they rode this train to this spot and now they're just here and so like well, they, they got on a boat yeah i mean so it's like you know it's like they they conceivably are like a couple counties over but in <laughs> yeah. in the world of the film they're really in some kind of magical space and they're on this island and there's several other kids there and then a lot of it plays out kind of as you expect the peter pan story to play out there are some differences there are things where they combine stuff i'll, I'll leave stuff kind of open so everybody else can jump in but essentially there are like pirate type characters there's captain hook and it's you know the the kids versus the the old pirates comes into play 
and we mentioned a little bit about like Wendy being the mother in the original stories that gets removed and there's a different version of the mother so I'd say like that kind of gives you a good overview of where we're going from here and, and as Jack said you know the kids are just wearing like normal clothes like uh, Wendy just wears a shirt that says um, it's like, like a band pr- touring I, t-shirt or something, something like that or rodeo or rodeo or yeah. rodeo yeah, it's it's a rodeo it, it might say tour. like prison rodeo or something mm-hmm. on it yeah and Peter Pan doesn't have a shirt on but he wears like a red coat like a almost like a grown-ups coat like a suit it's, jacket. it's a Oh, it's like a school blazer. Like, what do you wear? Because to... I think the old picture you, of him has it oh, yeah, yeah. when he yes. was like a school kid. So it's like some yep. private school blazer. Okay, I must. Yeah, I must have missed the picture then. Yeah. So, but all the kids are just wearing, as Jack said, just like they're dressed like kids. So there's no, you know, there's no green, uh, you know, leaves and that kind of stuff. Peter Pan <laughs> isn't wearing leotards or anything like that. So it's uh, and. and and if you've seen Beast of the Sun Wild or you see the trailer for this, you get the sense of like the magical realism that this director particularly likes. And so that's what he's bringing to the table with this. All right. So that's kind of, I would say, a setup for how stuff gets structured. And then we can kind of dig into whatever elements you want. Uh, one of the things that I liked, it's just, you know, knowing the Peter Pan stories, like comparing like the original to kind of how they made it work in this one. Uh, for example, when they're uh, on the train, Peter has them all go up to the edge uh, and kind of look out the box or look out the the door of this train as they're going over a bridge. Uh, And then he gets this like really mischievous look in his eyes and he goes fly. And then he shoves them out the train door. Uh, And uh, luckily they're over a bridge and they fall into the water, but it's just this moment of like, ah, okay. This kid is very intense and has no fear, Uh, which I really like because, um, in the book, it's kind of implied that Peter's a little bit of a sociopath. Um, oh, for that, sure. Like, just, yeah, like, yeah. Well, my, think they kinda... my comment when Peter shoved them out that train was like, I wrote down, yes, Peter's a dick, which none <laughs> yeah, of the right. adaptations yes, exactly. do. I know. Yeah. They always avoid that, and he totally is. He's a selfish, like, I'm not saying this character right now is selfish, but definitely the Peter in the book is, like, selfish and very self-focused. And, like, kids die on that island they just kind of it's like this little note in the book like kids dying he doesn't even really notice he doesn't care because they're all just characters in his story and so that was a moment of like ah okay so this they understand peter at least i i love that that he's just this kind of like i'm gonna do whatever i want and yeah. i don't really care about how it affects you yeah i think so I, remember I got that a scene. thing prepared on this uh i have a thing prepared on this i want to go into uh i, I would have held off but you you jumped the gun but uh eric go ahead and jump in first oh yeah well i, I mean just going off what you're saying about how um wendy's character interacts with peter in this uh, version of the story and because in that moment i think he shoves one of the twins off first and says fly and yes. then wendy's like like what the hell are you doing and then his response is he yeah, shoves yeah, yeah. her off <laughs> like um <laughs> and and that's just kind of like I think a big part of this movie is how Wendy is, you know, she's, she's into a lot with what's going on when they get to the island and they're having fun, but she's also very at odds with Peter's kind of view of the world and she doesn't ever completely let him go into that because yeah, like if he, he, if you think about who the character really is in the book, like he's not, you're not supposed to think he has all the answers and, uh, yeah. And this they they kind of do a good job of expressing that. Agreed. 
Yeah, so uh, that was the thing when I read the book for the first time in college that kind of blew me away was those elements that if you watch the play are there in like just like they're very lesson. I mean, it's not lesson because he had written the play before he wrote the novel. So he just emphasized it in the novel. But Peter comes off not super great in the play, like certain comments he'll mm-hmm. make and the, the way he like sees the other children. But yeah, there are parts that always have stuck with me from reading it. And I just threw a couple down here in the notes for myself was um, so one that no one ever talks about is that Peter kills lost boys if they grow up. That's in the yeah. book. It's mentioned. Yep. It's not elaborated on. There's not, a, there's not a chapter that goes into it, but it's a it's a line that gets mentioned. And I remember reading that when I read the book. I was like, what now? What's, what's this? <laughs> um, so that's one thing. When he gets back and meets Wendy when she's grown up, she mentions – she's all thinking about the adventures they had. And she mentions Captain Hook. He has no idea who she's talking about. And she's like – Oh, you know, your your nemesis, we we battled him and he's like, Oh, I forget him after I slay him. And he's just like it's just <laughs> yes, out of that's his right. head. I remember that line. Yeah. And the, yeah. the one yep. that's even more crushing is she brings up Tinkerbell and he mm, doesn't yep. like seem to know what she's talking about, like Hook, and she reminds him and then he's like, Oh yeah, fairies don't live very long. And that's yep. it. And I yeah. mean, like, because he's a he's a little monster child. Like it at his at the crux of him, Peter Pan. I may have talked to you about this before, Eric. Like he's like Jay Gatsby. Mm. He's supposed to be very ah, alluring yes. and appealing, and you see why people are drawn to him. But he's not supposed to be like. This is not how you live your life. This is not. Mm. He's not yeah. a monster, but he's he's a child with no <laughs> real morality. He's a and um, that's how children are. That is what right. children and that's are. Why that's, we have to teach them morality. Yeah, that's that's how like it works. Perfect encapsulation of childhood. But yep. But to just nail this home for anyone who hasn't read the book, the final line when Wendy is there with Peter and like uh, her daughter is going off to Neverland with Peter. Um, so her daughter is Margaret. And so she's going off and Wendy's watching this happen. And Wendy's, you know, like hurt that she can't join and stuff. And it says, when Margaret grows up, she will have a daughter um, who is to be Peter's mother in turn. And thus it will go on so long as children are gay and innocent and heartless. The last line of the book is heartless. Yeah. Precisely. (laughs) And it's, yeah, that's childhood. It's, It's difficult to encapsulate that for an adult audience because... I mean, you just forget what it's like. Uh, I mean, unless you have kids and you're around kids a lot and you're like, yeah, they're little monsters. Um, (laughs) But they're also, I mean, it's so, they're creative and they're fun. And because of that, they're able to uh, just come up with crazy things that it's harder for us to come up with. Like me watching this movie, even there are times when they're doing these dangerous things and I, an adult, I'm like, oh, they're going to slip and fall. And it's very upsetting. That's like, you're missing the point, Jack. Just watch the movie. <laughs> I can keep going. I got a lot more. Donuts. I'll bring up... Okay, I got something we can all kind of join in on. I, I also... I love how this is shot. Mm-hmm. I think it's beautifully shot. Uh, it It's a lot of close-ups. Like, way more close-ups than I I would expect. And it's very warm. There's a lot of soft lighting. And it's handheld, but it doesn't feel obnoxious. <laughs> Uh, it feels lively. It feels like a home movie and it's, it's so, I don't know. 
it's really hard to describe. Again, probably if you've seen Beasts of the Southern Wild, it's probably yeah, really it's, similar. It's I wouldn't the know. The same kind of approach, yeah. It's just lovely. I think it's really pretty. And the this island they shot it on, I thought <laughs> when Linton was describing earlier about how um, it has an active volcano on it, I was like delighted. Like it just made me. It just makes it feel all the more like a fun adventure that they were having. Uh, but it's and and I was wondering how much of it was cg and how much of it was um like real or like did they green screen this island apparently not I th- apparently I think, this is a real I think island the giant fish monster was real i'm pretty sure <laughs> absolutely how dare you call mother a monster rude <laughs> well i mean according yeah, to we peter we even touched him. it's not a monster you don't know <laughs> like what's that that's true <laughs> he has anyone's that's best true. interest at heart peter yeah <laughs> Peter has a lot of thoughts that are maybe very questionable. Um, but yeah, it's just shot so beautifully. And I want to go to there. It's really nice. <laughs> and even the the beat-up diner in the beginning, uh, Jess, you were mentioning how you love that first scene. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It draws you in immediately. Like, it's, it's shot in a way that feels like it is this little four-year-old's memories. Like, it's just seeing all these real close-ups of like okay she holds the salt shaker out to somebody mm. and like just seeing um people's faces but from like kind of odd angles and it's i don't know i thought it was great <laughs> i loved it <laughs> i believe the first thing i wrote down in my notes was i want that bacon oh uh, yeah for they sure really yeah that bacon look good birthday yeah. plate of bacon yeah <laughs> that oh, was a lot right. of bacon for one kid it was <laughs> it was birthday bacon uh, and it's like, this is a beat up diner. This is not a nice diner. It is a diner that is literally right next to some train tracks. Like it's not a classy diner. And yet the way that it shot made it feel like a home. Mm-hmm. It made it feel like a place where everybody really cared about each other. I don't know. It was like so good. Even mm-hmm. that, even a dumb old diner he made into this like really cool thing. And then they get to an Island and make that really cool. Yeah, that first scene's awesome. Just like the, I know we went over it, but like Thomas's birthday, and they're like, "What do you want to be?" And he's like, "I want to be a pirate." And they're just like, "Nope, <laughs> he won't do that." Like, it's <laughs> That's his birthday, stupid. and he's a little yeah. kid. Like, yeah, nah, you're gonna clean toilets or something. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, I love that scene. I love the mom. I think she's great. Yeah. Just like raising her kids in this diner, and it feels like a very safe place for them because everyone's yes. really they're assholes to thomas apparently but like <laughs> they're nice to everyone else they're teasing him they're teasing him <laughs> well thomas isn't like, one of her kids so no yeah, so, so it's fine <laughs> <laughs> he's like a neighbor kid right right and you know as soon as he said like i want to be a pirate your heart kind of jumps because it's like ooh, is he gonna what's he what's gonna happen to him and you know it's kind of like gets you in the Peter Pan mindset and then the whole idea of like jumping a train instead of flying is really cool. Yeah. Absolutely. And the next time you see him, like he disappears. The next time you see him is on the island and uh the darlings have aged and he hasn't and they're like, What's going on? So it's like clear that magic is there is magic, but then the line of what is and isn't magic is very complicated. And my very analytic brain was the whole time trying to figure out like what is it Okay, so, I mean, spoiler, at one point, a kid's hand gets cut off because his hand starts to age. 
which was very interesting. It's a very cool way of going mm-hmm. about it. Uh, and so his hand gets cut off. And then Peter's like, no, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> you just have to believe. And part of me was like, okay. And then Wendy's like, what shut if? up. And then... <laughs> you don't know yeah, what you're talking like, about. We got to get him help. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we need an adult. Uh, but I was like, now, Wendy, hold on. Let's give it a minute. Let's let him bleed a little bit more. Like, Because I was curious, like, if they did believe, would it have been fine? And I don't know. No. Like, in this no. movie, you're not sure. You don't know if Peter's crazy or not. Yeah, so... Because so magic's so real. To clarify a little bit, um, up to that point, we have met Buzzo, who is uh, an, an old man who shows up. The kids have been playing for, like, several days, and they're sleeping, and then this old man, you know, like, 70s, 80s looking, you know, like, old man, comes up, and he appears to be, like, stealing the breath from one of the children, and the implication... Got a cup. Yeah, and so, like, the implication is that he's, you know, he's trying to, like, take their youth or something, and Wendy wakes up and sees him doing this. He freaks out, runs away, and then it's explained that they can't go past a certain part of the island that looks like kind of like a dead spot with all this kind of just, like, gravel and stuff. So Peter prevents them from going there, and... That if you stop believing in Mother, which we'll talk about coming up, that you start to get old. And it, like, happens real fast, apparently, because uh, you don't have much time. It's not like there there are no uh, 20-somethings running around on this island. It's like, you're kids or you are an old, old man. But so, yeah, so at some point, uh, we can talk about some of the reasons for this, but one of the brothers, James, ends up uh, kind of getting depressed because of something that happens and so then his hand starts to change and that's why they come to it needs to be oh, James actually thinks it needs to be cut off in almost like a zombie infection kind of way like that's the way the scene plays out and Peter's like okay if you think so it's <laughs> um, so like Peter's not really the driving force initially on that one and then Peter's all in once he's like I can cut somebody's hand off but the way that scene starts to go, I was thinking, like, because one of the kids says, oh, he's not really going to do it. And Peter's Peter's yes. like, fuck you, I will. Like, Challenge um, accepted. But yeah. but I, I did kind of wonder as it was playing out, I was thinking, like, is is are they going to do it? Or is the kid going to jerk his hand away? Or is Peter going to, like, bring the blade down? And just the fact that the other kid believed it was going to happen is what will make him come back to youth. So I wondered how the scene was going to play. And nope hand comes down and chop and i believe i you said were... out loud while watching it, it was like fuck movie you went there <laughs> and, you, and you see this like 11 year old kid with like a bloody stump and blood a lot out. of blood it's only for like a lot of blood, so much blood. i thought it was like pretty like his name is james after james i Hook. didn't get it and i didn't like... get it until I, he comes out with the hook oh, later. Oh, really? Oh, like, I, even when he's making the hook, uh, I felt so stupid, you guys. Oh, I felt yeah. like a complete idiot. Complete but idiot. the one element I understood, I was like, oh, I see what they're doing. <laughs> well, <laughs> to, to, my head. Be, to be clear, Jess, it's not that I didn't think that they were going to take James and he would potentially become Hook. It's like, this could still be a fake out. There could be more that mm. happens later, and yeah. we're supposed to yeah. think... But no, I mean, and just the fact that you have a movie with very little kids, are they going to have a hand get lopped off literally by one of the children? Because, like, he could have lost yeah. a hand some other way later. But no, they uh, they have they a five-year-old boy cut off a <laughs> ten-year-old boy's hand. 
Yeah, Peter's like five, which I loved. And like, Mm -hmm. I'm just going to repeat it a hundred times. Incredibly, such a good actor. Such a good little actor. He was amazing. He was so good. The thing I loved about him was he, especially like Jackie mentioned of like when he pushes them off. I love the attitude of that. But I love like he has this impish face. His facial features make him look like a little pixie guy. And nice. and I saw one of the like probably one of the kinder reviews was talking about his look and that at times he was like cherubic, like a like a little like, you know, angel baby. And then at times mm. he was devilish and it was just his natural totally. facial expressions. He could yes. like look like a quick, cute, sweet little kid. And then at times like he gets these like kind of slanted eyebrows and he just looks just creep cut that hand yeah, off and it's like and it's just like his natural look i mean it was an amazing find before you even get yeah. into that the kid was good for his age as acting just like his look was like yeah that's peter pan's face yep. we should say yeah. we haven't said but like several of the kids that the actors are black so they they yep. break away from obvious tradition there and i did read that they cast this kid because he was a local antiguan from the island oh and they were just ah. looking for like anybody they're interviewing every kid they could find and they weren't set on any race or anything but the director said that he's <laughs> kind of what jack's talking about like having an adventure so you'll probably love this he said that you know he knew they were going to have like these kids like running through the wilderness and stuff in all of these shots and he had the thought of like and some of the terrain's pretty rough <laughs> and he had the thought like i should probably have someone who like knows this place and they came (laughs) they came across this kid like he was like living with his parents in like some hut in the woods or something yeah it was like it it, they maybe he's playing it up to make it sound more mysterious but it wasn't it didn't sound like oh and he came in and auditioned on tuesday it was like i think they just found (laughs) i think they just found peter pan and then they're like oh and 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 he runs and he like can run around this island because he knows it and so I, that was kind of the driving force of casting him. I like the yeah, they're scouting locations, and they, this little kid beckons them over a hill, and just, like, well, that's it. This way, he's got that Peter Pan Mother's charm. Back I followed here. him. I didn't even think about it. <laughs> yes, this was a documentary, and it was filmed in real time. So yeah, going back to how like how young the Peter Pan character is, or how like how young the actor is, and I don't know how young Peter's supposed to be in in the original book. He's he's it's... pretty he's five or six. In the okay, book, I so but I think yeah, but when you when you actually put that in real life terms, like like this Peter Pan, like he he acts like a five year old because he doesn't really articulate anything well. Yeah, he speaks in like very short bursts and doesn't you know, understands things through his own perspective, but he can't really articulate that to other people. So he just kind of says things and most people kind of take him at his word. But then Wendy is sometimes just like, I don't think you really understand what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I had, I felt like the magic, I didn't really understand. I don't think anyone Mm -hmm. did of like, (laughs) just, so the twin James, um, you know, when the twin brothers get separated, you know, Peter and the other lost boys are like, don't get sad. That's when you, you know, will age if you, you know, forget to be happy and you like let these sad memories overtake you. And it's like, okay, 
but then they meet up with young Edward later and he's totally fine. And it's like, well, so you were just good with that? Like he's not your best friend or something? It's like, because if you lose your best friend, that's when the most likely you will, I think that's what happened to Buzzo or something. That, yeah, I'm trying um, to look for, I have the exact yeah, quote said, of what they said happened yeah. to Buzzo. You said young Edward, you mean like, are you talking about Douglas? Oh, is it Douglas? Douglas, Douglas yeah, is brother. the brother who they think died. Essentially what happens is they, they go out into this boat that's like submerged underwater and there's the two twins with Wendy and one of the brothers hits his head and then they're, they're underwater and the other brother tries to find him and they just can't. So it like seems like, and the movie's presented other than some of the magical moments, it's very like gritty and real a lot of the times. And so it seems like, oh, did that boy just drown out there? <laughs> And because um, it has a very, he hits his head and there's blood. Yeah, and, I wasn't clear and, like what happened to him. And we haven't, and we haven't so... touched on this. We don't have to go in in depth, but like there's a very Lord of the Flies kind of vibe. If you haven't seen any of this, you know, trailers or anything, like it's it's that it's just like children running wild. So like that moment almost feels like piggy dying kind of thing. Um, and so yeah, you don't know what happens to him. You just think he like drowns in the boat and that's when James starts to like get detached and sad and that's when his hand ages. Just to give some context, yeah. but just Yeah, so they basically explain that like um what happened to Buzzo was he lost his best friend and so that sadness kind of overtook him and that's how he aged. And the same thing's happening to James, but then it turns out that Douglas didn't actually die. Uh, in the boat and so they see, they meet up with him later on he's still a young kid and it's like well <laughs> yeah I'm just like well was James not your best friend is that like what we're getting at here like he's like oh I'm good without you so I'm fine I have a theory um, on this but I would need to see it again which I will yeah. be but immediately before that moment Peter and Wendy are in this like cave area and they're talking about the mother, which we can get into soon here. But the mother is like this source of magic in the island. Mm -hmm. um, and Peter says something about like the mother being able to like give you whatever you want, like your your greatest desire or whatever. But it's like part of their conversation. Um, and it's like a minute later when the brother shows up again, like he just stumbles mm -hmm. out of the wilderness so I'm wondering if it's supposed to be like, and they did say earlier when, when Peter and the other kids were telling James to not get sad, like the mother will not let anything happen to him. Like yep. they'll protect, the, she'll protect her children. So either yep. the mother had been protecting him was the idea or the mother mm -hmm. literally brings him back to life in that moment. I think that's, that's the possibility of what we're supposed to jump to, but we're in the same okay. shoes as Wendy of like, and he just suddenly is here. So, like, I think we're supposed to be kind of in a position of, are we supposed to think this is miraculous? Did he just somehow survive and has been lost in the woods? Like, so it's left mm -hmm. open. But I think because of this, the conversation they have right before it, I think that's what they're edging you toward. Mm -hmm. Also, just, like, it seems like the pirates puttering old sad people the olds <laughs> the old sad people i'm like i get that you want to be more realistic and cut out a lot of the whimsy but like leave some dang, whimsy. these people are creepy i don't i don't like it <laughs> like i don't like just i don't like old people they have to I, go no, i don't want to see the old it just didn't 
feel as fun when just these old people were grabbing children and, you know, bringing them to this boat. I'm like, oh, they're not, like, singing pirates. They are just these... <laughs> it Kidnappers, just basically. It wasn't great. It wasn't great. Uh, just has some traumatic <laughs> so... moments at the nursing home she's remembering. <laughs> old people gone wild grabbing kids. <laughs> Stop grabbing these Ooh. children. Um, so, yeah, I didn't love that. But, like, so they think in their minds, that killing the mother... The old people think that. The olds think The this. olds think that killing the mother and, like, drinking her blood or something is going to bring their youth back. And I'm like, but she's the source of the magic on this island. So I think killing her would kill the magic. I don't get your logic here. <laughs> it, so, it, it definitely gets it plays it fast and loose. I would say that it, since the mother's supposed to be a magical entity, the idea, mm-hmm. I think, consuming her, you would, you know, possess some of her and magic. And become magic yourself. Um, yeah. but, like unicorn blood but it, Yeah, I mean, but like, there, yeah. there's definitely some loose stuff that we can get into. Um, somebody want to explain what the mother is since we've only vaguely alluded to this so far? It, it's a big old <laughs> glowing fish. who sparkles. <laughs> She's so basically like the narration, which I also don't like. I think there's too what? much of it. There's way oh too much. Oh my god! It's like my favorite part. Ugh. Jess feels Ugh. nothing. I didn't. I I know that these are Wendy's stories, but I thought it was just too often. But yeah, so basically, the quote from the book is like, "When the first baby laughed for the first time, it broke into a million pieces, and that's how fairies were born." And this quote is when the first baby laughed for the first time, mother. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> to summarize, um, and I'm like, oh, I wish they had fairies, but it's fine. I don't know. So, it's basically, she is the magical force of the island, and they have uh, her. They have her all sparkly with like looking like uh, fireflies and stuff, which is meant to, I think, yes. evoke the fairy thing, but. As it as it was going on, I was thinking that I think they were trying to merge multiple things with the mother, and I I didn't pick up on it until near the end when I was thinking of like all the ways they've used her. But so she obviously is like the stand-in for the Peter Wendy mother thing. That also the pirates mm-hmm. are trying to look for their mother, which they go after mm-hmm. Wendy in the play and in the book. So there's yeah. that element. There's the fact that yeah, she takes the role of the fairies. So there's no Tinkerbell, but they kind of allude to that with the look of her with this glowing Mm -hmm. sparkling stuff and that she has magic i'm pretty sure she's meant to take the place of the mermaids because she's underwater and i think there's a part in the book where the mermaids save peter i i think that happens definitely happens in hook okay Mm -hmm. uh (laughs) it's it's been a while since i can't remember exactly if the mermaids like he definitely has like a relationship with the mermaids and he knows them um, but anyway, it's an aquatic creature, so you can definitely make that connection because there are no mermaids. We keep in this. saying fish. It's more like a giant, giant, giant uh, squid, more than like a fish. I, think I have, mean, it looks there... kind of like a like a catfish with some I other thought it stuff. Was like, yeah, they don't they don't show it. It's complicated a lot from a full away angle. So you, yeah. it's, it's, it's it's a lot of times you're just yeah. seeing a big portion of it. Um, it just to me wasn't like fish it was more squishy than a fish it seemed more like jellyfishy mm. to me but it's fine 
Just saying it wasn't like a, okay, imagine a fish and then make it big. It was. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's pro- it was probably intentional to not like make it whale look something. specifically yeah. too much a whale, like a thing. Yeah. Yes. yes. Yeah. And then the last thing is I feel it's meant to take the place of the crocodile with Hook. Because Hook mm. is after the crocodile in, in the play and in the book. And he's trying to kill the crocodile. And here our Hook is trying to kill the mother and it, he has this sort of like Ahab at like like vibe to Ahab that. Too. You know, he's yeah, like he's absolutely. on the he's on the front of the ship with a spear, and it's you know. Yeah. So it's I, I was getting that wasn't until the end that I was thinking like, oh okay, it's kind of taking the crocodile role. There's no ticking clock or anything, but so it seemed like they're merging a lot of the elements into one central thing, which is mm-hmm. interesting. But to Jess's point, like, and we'll talk some more of this coming up. Like, you know. At the end of the day, does all of this work? Is all of it clear? Is are all the magical rules as clear as they could be or should be? And you know, I don't know. Probably not. I suppose not. <laughs> hey, I'm not. A, I'm I not do, like, against this. I'm not against rules. this, Jack. I'm just trying to be fair. <laughs> no, I know it's not. It's not a perfect movie, and there are elements that, um, even in the moment, I was like, mm, not quite working. Like, um, it just we've kind of touched on the olds. But uh, let's go into that a little bit more. That's what the kids call them. They just yeah. call them the olds. The and olds. it's kind of amazing. Uh, it's So there's this very clear delineation on the island, which we mentioned a little bit earlier when they first meet Buzzo. And they, they're chasing after him in the woods. And all of a sudden, the woods end. And I mean end. Like, there's a straight line on the ground. And there's no more green after that. It is complete dead space. It's not even a desert. It's like, uh, what do I call it? A wasteland? Yeah. Like, it looks um, like ash, like everything burned can, or something. Yeah. Yes, which is, as it turns right, out, what yeah. did happen, uh, both in real life and in the movie. Um, so, yeah, I would say, yeah, like a lava line. It's just, like, very straight, and then the wasteland seems to go on forever and ever, and that's where Buzzo runs off to. And later, runs. when <laughs> right, yeah, uh, when James uh, loses his hand, they end up kind of going with Buzzo and he he takes them over to kind of where all the olds are. Turns out there's tons of them. He's not the only one. What Again, one of the lines that I love, there's just so many incredible lines in this movie. Incredible to me, I guess. Uh, but one of them is Buzzo's kind of talking about what it's like being old. And he says, the only way you know you're old is nobody will talk to you no more. <laughs> and it was like, aw. Uh, which is a good setup for... The, I'm going to call it the old camp. I don't know if they had an, an actual term for it. It's like you have the green area where the kids are, and it's so beautiful and lush and exciting and vibrant. And then where they are, it's a dead city. There's zero, absolutely no living uh, plant as far as the eye can see. All of their buildings are, like, dilapidated and falling down. Uh, and there's no color. Like, everyone's wearing gray or brown. And it's just, like, the saddest, most drab, dreary, dull place. Uh, And it's very sad to even look upon. And um, I think Buzzo says, this is where lost boys go when they're really lost. And it's very... It's sad. And But that whole element, it's like when you come from this exciting, fun area into this, and it's like, oh, I'm not enjoying this. I don't like looking at this. This is very... This is not as fun. Um, yeah, he's basically telling her at that point, like, yeah, you're stepping in dead people mostly. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He's talking about the ash yeah. on the ground. It's like, oh, just explaining what it is. It's like, <laughs> probably didn't need to tell her that, but all right. Right, yeah. Um, 
at one point they're in a bar. Uh, it's actually very similar to the diner that she grew up in, um, and to the point where I wondered if it was the same I, set. I wonder if I wonder the exact yeah. same thing. Like I mean, at one point you yeah. see like a, a jukebox in the background that's all beaten yeah. up, and there's one in the other yeah. set. So I wondered if they like mirrored it or something. Like, yeah, that's yeah. possible. It definitely looks like more stripped down. There's like fewer things yeah. inside of it, and it looks like I might just be remembering it wrong, but like. The windows and doors are maybe like missing, so it kind of looks like an open yeah. remainder of a building, but not quite. Yeah. Totally. It reminds me of, um, I don't know, when you see a city that's had bombs go off, that's what this whole thing looks like. Uh, there's just like dust covering everything. But Wendy starts to like pretend and starts to like, essentially she becomes her mom in that moment. Like she puts her hands on her hips and starts to like, what do you want, hun? And like starts making drinks and putting up orders you know it's all just empty glasses and she's just imagining uh and she's trying to cheer up james in that moment who is just like a broken shell of a boy oh that might another line that i like she said his heart cracked right down the middle and all the joy spilled out and that's like as she's describing what james's state of mind at this point the, the part where she she's like uh giving out fake orders and she's putting out like mm. an empty tray with nothing on it and she's talking about what's on there I wondered if that was a reference to Hook, because they, I was thinking the same I, thing. I, I, I didn't like know that. if they were going to go. I there. don't know if it's something in the book because it's been a long time. I don't know if Peter and the boys mm -hmm. actually do eat a fake meal in the book. I don't remember that being a thing. But anyone who's seen Hook or if it's been a long time, there's a part in Hook where there's no food. They're having a fake <laughs> feast, and Peter can't see it because he can't um, adult yeah, Peter. Adult Peter yeah. can't see it because it's like you know he he's not imagining it right. And then the kids. I like talk to him and he realizes and then it's just this huge feast of crazy foods and so I kind of wondered if it was going to take that turn but regardless I wonder if it's still like a slight reference to Hook I, I, I'm pretty sure all of us had that same thought uh, <laughs> but you know then she starts like dancing in the middle to no music and it's just like having a dance party and trying to get everybody to join her and everything and it's silent the whole time. I thought maybe they were going to bring in music or bring in food or something to be like, look, she's bringing joy back and imagination. And she straight up says, you have to use your imagination. And all of that whole sequence fell a little flat for me. And I think it was partially the point is like she failed to do that. They, they all just kind of remained depressed. One guy, one of the guys in the background is like, I don't hear anything. There's no music. <laughs> it's just like... Uh, it's it, it's like me watching the movie sometimes. Like that doesn't make sense. Why is that doing? Like, oh, is that the <laughs> point? Am I just supposed to get lost in this and not question things? <laughs> right. Exactly. I ordered that the monster fish breakfast. Exactly. Where is it? <laughs> Precisely. But it was um, that whole sequence with all of the very sad old people mm -hmm. was a, that was rough. That was I a rough didn't. time. I didn't yeah. love it. I thought I had the biggest problem with the old actors. Like I, really? I thought a lot of them just had the weirdest delivery, or like none yeah, at all. Think, just kind I of like that was the point. Yeah, I, think that I know, I, I know, that. but like not convincing. Hmm. Like just kind of sounded like they were reading lines off a page, and I don't know. It just I liked that again. I liked the very realistic way the kids acted and talked with each other even before the island and i liked all yeah. the real so that felt normal to me it felt like 
real human beings rather than actors, and I thought that added to it. Yeah. But I can see how that would... If you I wouldn't... like that with children. I don't like that with <laughs> Interesting. adults. Okay. It makes me Just think that, that was professional actors. Because yeah. although these, yeah, these are all like local <laughs> are actors. Are you in SAG-AFRA? <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, I, I'm giving Jess a hard time, but no, I, 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 uh, I actually agree with you, Jess. Like, not it, it didn't take me out of the movie completely, but there were moments with both the older actors and the kids. Not as much on the kids, and I'm willing to give the kids more room because it's like, oh, they're being kids, and kids mm. will like stutter stuff or lose their train of thought. Like, so they had more leeway, I think, with the kids, but there were some line deliveries that weren't terrific but then i'm sitting there as an audience member thinking like but is this line good like could anyone mm. like if this little kid's not delivering it great could a really great kid actor <laughs> deliver this line great it wasn't constant like, it was what? just i don't yeah. i don't have mo i mean it's just like there were just certain lines where it was like oh that just rings kind of false yeah, um, I, I felt Jack, it we're here adults. to talk about both strengths and weaknesses. <laughs> I know. I just want to know. You're just saying very general, and I want to hear. I will say that what's an example? agree. The diner scene. <laughs> the diner scene with the old people, I thought, like had a lack of energy. And I know what yes. you're saying that, like, yeah, that could be the point, but it almost seemed like it had a lack of energy. The energy should be, this is sad and not going to work. But it seemed more awkward of like, mm. they made this little girl dance around this room. <laughs> and um, it's just, I don't know if it's just like a, an editing thing. Also, the old people do eventually get up and start like going into it. So if you really wanted it to, of them if do. you want it to be about how it's not going to work, it seems more like you need it closer to being a failure. But but yeah, for me, like that scene was sort of like, yeah, it's it's not, this isn't gelling as well as as some of the stuff when it's like, Little kids running through the forest. <laughs> I also mm. just wanted more scenes with the kids. Like, I mean, I know we got like all the montages of them running with the music in the background. And like after the fourth one of those, I was like, okay, but like, can we get to know them? <laughs> um, so like, cause I didn't even know one kid's name. I lost it on here, but apparently the other kid has a name and his name is Cujo head. I, think, <laughs> I was like, I don't think they even say that. I think that was the girl. I, I think right. she was a girl. That's the girl. Who, the girl. She, yeah. she yeah. Yes. gets them on um, the boat when they fall off the train, I think. Yep. But yeah, that's like yeah. the one. But time yeah, you're right. You I, I don't think they I ever her, say but, her name. Yeah. 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 I just wanted like more because by the time that like Wendy's calling them her tribe, I'm just like, no, they're not. You don't know them. Like, I guess that is true for kids, too, of, like, you run out around on a playground all day and your parents are like, did you make any friends? Yeah. Who are they? I don't know. Everyone. <laughs> I don't know. Doesn't matter. I don't know their names. <laughs> <laughs> They're my best friends, but I don't know them. Yep. <laughs> um, so I guess that's fine, but, like, I just, it just didn't have the emotional impact for me at the end of when they're all singing and stuff because I'm just like, yeah, but you guys don't know each other and I don't know you, mm. so, like, I don't care <laughs> that you're... Yeah, I was going to say, because what Jess was talking about earlier about, like, not feeling a whole lot and also not really connecting to the movie. And I, I'm thinking back, like, yes, there were scenes where I felt something, and that's probably largely due to the score, because I don't think you couldn't have that score while things are going on and not feel something. But I think, yeah, maybe that point, <laughs> I, I, but I also don't, I never felt something bigger towards the whole movie. 
and I'm trying. I was trying to make sense of that, and I think it does, it might have to do with something about really not really knowing the characters all that well, apart from you know the main ones. But like the, the more background people, you don't really get anything. For for me, so I yeah, I, I was struggling as I was watching it because there was so much that I was enjoying and liking a lot. And like I said, I'm I love the Peter Pan story, so I'm it's it's teeing it up for me right there. So I should be right there with them. And I like uh, I think Jackie mentioned earlier that the child actors were great. I think all the featured ones were great. I think the main girl was fantastic. I think her two brothers yeah, so did good. a great job. Yep. I think the we already talked about the Peter Pan kid. I like Sweet Heavy, who just had this real like laid back. Oh, yeah. And he had like a couple funny lines, like this like this like seven year old like delivering some killer yeah. lines. And I was like, You go, Sweet Heavy. Um, <laughs> but, um but yeah, so I, I was I was liking them as characters and I was liking the child actors, but I think what the problem for me, and it might be what some of you are struggling with, is like I think narratively it's kind of messy because it's it's taking sure. the Peter Pan mythos and we already know the basic beats of Peter Pan and then it's saying, well, we're going to do this different. We're going to have it. So you have it where like, all right, so not everybody's going to be white. You're going to focus on Wendy front and center. You're going to set it present day. You're going to change the location. So you're doing all these things and then the audience, I think, is probably expecting the story to follow a lot of the same beats and then they're reconfiguring the story and they're doing different things with it and not everything flows or follows what we're thinking it's going to do. And so ultimately it's like, it's kind of what, and it's some of the critiques that I was seeing. It was like, what is the driving force? What's I, um, I think so, I saw somebody commenting like the Peter Wendy relationship of like her being the mother. I know we talked about the, the issues of that, but that was kind of the driving force of the original book. And so when, since they've taken that out, it's sort of like, what, what's our plot thread that we're following other than kids running wild on an Island. And so it's, it's almost seems like we're watching a bunch of episodic moments. We're watching things that like, yeah, this is kind of related to Peter Pan and this over here is kind of related to Peter Pan, but we don't have necessarily like a three act structure where it's like this character has this goal and they're trying to do X. And I, I don't know that every movie has to do that. And I think I, I still enjoy the movie, even though it doesn't. But I think for me, I think that's the disconnect is like we're not following a single character or, or, or a few single characters who have this goal and they want to do, you know, go from here to there. Like, I mean, great examples like wizard of oz like once dorothy gets to oz she immediately wants to go home and so we as an audience know here are the stakes here's what she wants to do and we're following that through line i don't know if this has like a through line and so that's that's where i think it gets a little messy for me yeah i was never clear on what wendy's intention was um if she I don't know, was trying to go home or if she wanted to stay or if she, I, and it was unclear of like, I'm like, why do you resent your mother? Like your brothers just told you she was a badass mm -hmm. and then she had kids. It was like, she didn't waste her youth. Like you're acting like she didn't do anything with her life. And it's like, clearly she lived a life and then she decided to have children. And it's like, I don't get why you were against that or why you think you need to like show her and I'm I just didn't know what her 
deal well, she, was she, with her mother. She defended the mother initially because the, the brothers were like, oh, she gave up. And the mother saying things like, you know, oh, your your dreams change or, you know, because she had kids. But so, yeah, it seemed like Wendy was was defending the mom to the boys. And then I don't think she was doing it in defiance of the mom. I didn't read it that way. I thought it was more of like, I'm doing this for her or I'm going to show mm. her that like, you know, you can still, you know, dare to go out there and, and be badass. Okay. That was, but, but yeah. I mean kind of what we're on here is like yeah like the movie isn't super clear in its goals i think because i mean even by the end so like she's essentially trying to tell all the kids well we need to go back home now including peter and he like doesn't want to and then he says then he finally says like oh well growing up would be a great adventure which it uh, i think there's you know similar lines in the book and everything so it seems like Peter's like, okay, I'm going to, like, the, the movie's going to take that turn of, like, Peter Pan is choosing to leave Neverland. And then he doesn't. And it doesn't really seem to be any, like, he just, it's, I mean, maybe they're trying to play off of, like, oh, he's a child and he's Peter Pan, so it's all on a whim. Like, he'll just, oh, now I'm going to go fight over here. And that's just out of my head. But it seemed like they were building to that, and then that moment is just gone. And now he just stays on Neverland and... There's no change. So, again, it's just sort of like I don't know what they're trying to say or go to. It's a lot of, like, thoughts and episodes. It's kind of wild how the end ends up, like, all the Lost Boys come back with Wendy and her brother, minus one brother, plus Thomas, who's been gone for a very long time but looks the same. (laughs) And yeah. we never get a scene of like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, yeah. everyone's just kind of like, hey, the parents back. coming to terms. It's just a series <laughs> yeah. of them at parties and like, stuff, and it's like, oh, I guess this is the times where they weren't questioning what the hell happened. They're just, you know, having a birthday party, and then <laughs> right. every other day they're like, all right, <laughs> tell us what happened <laughs> what again. Happened? Like, <laughs> so, where's your brother? Maybe, uh, why yeah, are you? Yeah, yeah maybe, age? maybe they just figured Thomas, like his growth was stunted by, by being lost <laughs> in the woods. But the, the bigger one for me was the brother. It's like, so how did yeah. they explain yeah. away the twin? Cause he's just, as far as they know, they just say like, Oh, he's, he's out there dead. Or do they say he's out there and he's an old man with a hook? <laughs> yeah. He's a, uh, he's a pirate now. And I'm kind Sorry. of like, and he fights children. I wonder, <laughs> I wonder if like the people in the town have been to Neverland and kind of like get it or like yeah maybe I don't know because hmm. then they weren't very they were very concerned about Thomas when he disappeared and so you'd think that if kids right. were constantly going to Neverland they'd be like alright well might see him again might not <laughs> I, I I wondered all the same thing. I was like, oh, how are they going to explain this? Oh, now we're just getting parties. home video of, <laughs> yeah. like, parties. But I also was like, I get that that's not the story they're trying to tell. This isn't a story for adults and for, like, the logical, like, okay, but how does magic work? And da, da, da. like, all the questions that I know that I have that come to my mind. It's like, okay, that's not, again, not the point of the story. And I'm sure, you know, as I watched it, I was like, what? Oh, okay, well, they're just not going to tell that part because it's not important. And I was, like, fine with it, even though I thought about it. I, don't, I still think about, like, okay, how would you have that conversation? And how would that work? But, um, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I think a lot I of negative reaction scene, from the it. parties. I think that was really cute. But... Yeah, 
might have been be- because they kind of stripped the Peter Pan story of its whimsy and, you know, swashbuckling stuff. I don't think and... they strip it of its whimsy. Well, not entirely, I but they're just, they're just redirecting it at a different <laughs> place. So I think... I'll say redirecting is okay. Yeah, like... But I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get in the head of a person who, like, wrote a scathing review. Like, just couldn't... And maybe that, that could oh, have well, been... Oh, well, they forgot how to be a child, and they're just dead inside. That's a scathing so. review. Listen, there's a difference between having an issue with it, and I think that's fair. But a scathing review, I think, is far. Because I still think this is I a would agree very with that. enjoyable so I, I didn't cool read the ones movie. that Linton was talking about that, like, really, like, hammered on it. Um, but yeah, I, maybe I, that would have been a reason. Maybe they were just kind of from it. <laughs> angry that they, they messed with... Peter Pan too much or something. <laughs> I, um, to a lot of what you guys were saying of like the no through line, I can understand that. I can understand that. Um, I don't think it bothered me too much. Um, partly because I'm trying to think of how to, how to put this. Um, I loved that Wendy didn't hate her mom, but Wendy wanted to have adventures. And Wendy was sad for her mom that she wasn't having them anymore. Like, she was asking her questions. Uh, I loved her intensity. Again, the actress is awesome. And, like, so they're just, like, hanging out while the mom's putting them to bed. And she, Wendy, like, asked her mom, what was your wildest dream when you were younger? And her mom answers. And I actually can't remember what she said. And then she's like, what's your dream now? Like, she just wants to know, like, what dreams are and wants to get inside people's heads and understand how they think. And, like, she's so observant. Um, and she wants that for her mom. She wants, she, you know, we they show her pretty early on. It's actually the first scene you get with, quote-unquote, older Wendy, with um, the Wendy we are with through most of the movie. And she's, like, uh, she's drawn a storybook and is, like, telling the story to herself and, like, flipping through pages and... It's so cute. Uh, she's like, they're on the train and like they're fight. I think they're fighting pirates on the train. And she's like, protect the turtles. You too, train ghost. And like all these cool <laughs> things are happening. And so she's got all these big ideas and like everything happening in her head is like huge, adventurous, imaginative, big. And then she sees her mom who she loves and she hears these stories about when her mom was younger and did all these cool things. And she's basically trying to figure out what happened. Like, how did you go from being this person with this adventurous life to being my mom who is this normal life who is this diner uh and then so she's like um we mentioned earlier that conversation she's having with her brothers about like and she's defending her her mom and her brother's like ah the older you get the less stuff you get to do that you wanted to do and Wendy gets really mad about that she's like she hates that they said that and she's like kind of starts yelling at them and one of them goes, geez, Wendy, I was just explaining life, which it's like a nine-year-old kid saying that, which I loved. I thought that was hilarious. And then He's she's not like, wrong. not my life. <laughs> He's not wrong. But she was like, not my life. And so her whole driving force is like, I'm going, I, I won't become that. I won't lose these wild dreams of mine. And that's why like, she's, um, I can't remember what she's like. She grabs a bug or something when she's on the island with the Lost Boys. The Lost Children, I guess, if we're being PC. Um, And she's, like, whispering to this bug or something. And I mentioned the line earlier because I thought it was amazing of, like, tell my mom I'm being wild as hell and when I get back I'm going to show her how. Like, that's her whole thing is, like, she wants to be able to bring her mom's dreams back. Which I thought was really cool and fun. And I don't know. Then she meets the olds and 
that's very depressing. And she's like, well, I don't want to be that. And my mom's not like that. That's not the same. But I, I, I totally get that there's not a very clear through line and it's not very obvious and very stated, but I think there's a subtle one. I think it's much more low key and understated, which I'm okay with. I'm the closest with thesis statement I could make for the film is from that moment in the Simpsons that has now been memed to death is I used to be with it, but then they changed what it was. Now what I'm with isn't it. And what's with what's it seems weird and scary to me. It'll happen to you. Um, but that, that does. That's the olds for sure. But that does kind of tie into like, cause Jess, you were saying you like the like dancing and stuff like the party stuff at the end, the part. And I like that too, but the part that really affected me was so the Wendy grows up as she does in all iterations of this fairy tale. And her daughter is whisked away to Neverland by Peter on the train at the very end. And Wendy starts running after them. And as, as a, you know, 30, 40 something year old woman, she's running after them. And Peter's laughing at her because he's an (laughs) asshole. He's like, you'll (laughs) never make it. Um, And, uh, and she, turns into her child self and i was sitting there thinking like oh are they are they gonna break away from this is she gonna succeed is that part of the magic and she's able to like she gets to go back and then she turns back into her adult self she trips okay mm-hmm. okay trips. that's what happens. okay i must have missed that yeah so she becomes her adult self and so she doesn't get to go and it was this I thought it was a really sad and poignant moment because it, it, it does what the book does with Wendy does want to go back with Peter when he comes to take her daughter, but she can't. And he like flat out says, you're too old <laughs> back then <laughs> in the book. But here I thought like you saw it, it was not just Wendy sitting in a room like the director was saying, you know, he wanted to give her agency. So there it's just like, oh, I'm just sitting here. Well, can I go, Peter? No. Okay. Um, here, like she's running for that train, she's she's trying to make it happen, and then she can't, and so that was you know it's it's fairly crushing because of the implications of adulthood in that moment, and she's like still happy for her daughter, but there's this bitter sweetness in that ending that I thought worked super well. I thought it was sad too that like I don't know in the book and the movies like Peter visits her a lot like throughout her life. And so, like, it felt like this movie, this was the first time she's seen him since, you know, she was there. And so I think that was her driving force of, like, oh, fuck you, I'm getting on that train again. (laughs) Of, like, you haven't come back at all. Um, Yeah, and I, I kind of wish that they had done, like, he checks in every once in a while. Like, maybe they had more adventures down the line, but it seems like once you leave, you don't go back in this version. That's possible. They also, it's, you know, very much a montage of her growing up. Like, that's what we talk about the whole movies and the parties that we're showing. It's like them growing up. It's not just um, kind of them having little birthday parties for little kids. Uh, So I would argue they just aren't showing that. Like, maybe it happened, but they certainly... I guess I'm just saying I have headcanon. We're sure that might have happened. They might have gone back. She might have gone back. Um, and I agree. I'm going to keep Linton rocking the... forever. Forever. <laughs> forever. <laughs> um, 
But I agree that the ending was super bittersweet where she, like, trips. But I didn't see it as sad as you did, I think, because early in the movie, doesn't young Wendy try to get on the train and trip? Like, the first time she tries to get on mm-hmm. the train, doesn't mm-hmm. she trip? Yeah. So it's like, but then she got on it later. So there's that kind of implication of like, okay, you didn't make it this time. Maybe you won't trip next time. That might happen. Because that's what happened to her when she was younger, too. So it's it wasn't as totally crushing to me, I think, as it was for you. But it's still, I definitely, I cried at the end. So <laughs> it's fine. I don't want to talk about it. Also, a stray thought for, like, the montage, uh, when it's like Wendy's playing piano they're adults now and someone mm-hmm. like swoops in and kisses her that actor yeah. was way too close to adult her brothers and i was like what? oh <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah I, I i thought I... it was supposed to be her brother and then i was like wait oh. what no yeah. no 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 i, I mean like, i I, I figured it out but i mean <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, yeah they made it like he looked like an adult version of one of her brothers because they're like tall and skinny yeah. Uh, I was like, get a different actor. <laughs> her brothers were, this was a fun little thing. So none of the kids in the the original stories, like none of the Lost Boys carry over. Uh, you know, Peter and Wendy obviously do, but then none of the others, like Toodles and all that. There are twins in the original book, but I don't think they're given names. Um, and they aren't Wendy's siblings. John and Michael are Wendy's siblings, so they aren't, mm-hmm. they're replaced here so they can do the like Captain Hook thing. Um, but they do refer to Wendy's siblings as two boy, which was a fun little thing that it felt very J.M. Barry, Peter Pan, it did. Uh, sweet yeah. heavy, re- called called the twins two boy because they both had the same face and he didn't understand. So then that name stuck as their kind of Neverland name. And those twins, I don't know if anybody thought this, but I thought they looked a lot like Jem from To Kill a Mockingbird. If you've seen that in any time recently, but uh, the little boy. Not recently. Yeah, just like in the face. There's a lot of similarity. Um, probably accidental. As opposed to where? <laughs> Fair enough. Um, but uh, yeah, the other thing, like we didn't really, we've only kind of tangentially talked upon and we don't need to like go into it uh, heavy, but uh, the music is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think uh, the music in Beasts of the Southern Wild is fantastic, and uh, this is as well. Both scores were by Dan Romer, who is fast becoming one of my favorite recent composers. He's done a lot of other stuff, but the score for this and for Beasts is just this, like, big, bombastic score with, like, there's this, like, kind of, like, adventure theme to it, and so it fits very well for, you know, the, the Peter Pan character, but he did similar stuff in Beasts of the Southern Wild. And Ben Zeitlin, I know, worked on some of the music in that one, so I don't know if he had a hand in this one or not. But uh, score, unfortunately, not on vinyl yet. And the and, and Beasts of the, <laughs> it was on Spotify. Beasts of the Southern Wild was on vinyl, and I did not get it because I like wasn't Ooh. buying vinyl at that point very heavily or i wasn't even thinking that it was out and now it's like out of print and way too expensive so uh uh somebody find me a copy of that for reasonable please um i need beasts of the southern wild um but yeah uh i did look up to find one of those scathing reviews and i'm sure there's a lot of other nuggets from it but just near the end this was some of the stuff that the guy wrote about zeitlin 
Barring some triumphant comeback with his next major work, by no means an impossibility, the director will occupy the outskirts of the field he once stood poised to conquer. Wow. And this is what he's saying after the guy's second wow. movie was wow. not like... Wow. Yeah. Career killer. And he says, like, though for all we know, that will sit just fine with him. And he, like, talks about how, like, Zeitlin is, like, you know, homegrown and likes to keep productions, like, on his own terms. But then his closing line after talking about some of that says, like the rambunctious kids on which he trains his camera, he seems content to luxuriate in the splendor of nature and run around releasing primal yowps. In other words, he makes his movies for himself. For some, it's a strategy that guarantees they never lose their singular touch as an artist. For Zeitlin, it ensures that he'll never evolve. Oh my God. I know, that like, what horrible. did this guy do to you? And I'm going to put it out there. This guy's Jesus. name is Charles Bramesco. Okay. And he wrote for The Guardian. Um, oh, screw or, you, Charles Bramesco. Yeah. That's you aggressive. make a movie. Like I said, I, I read some reviews that were, like, mixed or people were disappointed or they thought it just like, sophomore slump and didn't live up to beasts. And, like, okay. But there were a couple that were, like, just nasty. And this was the worst of them, where this guy's... And other people in the comments were calling this out of, like, what is your problem? Yeah, something is a personal Good. issue. With I hate things. children! Yep, yeah, essentially, that's all I can like, get Maybe this, this is Captain Hook. That's who was writing this article. Um, I, um, I saw a review. I read a few. But, like, this one kind of made sense for me of like we're talking about how the narrative kind of got lost um they're like it's and i i think this was like his dream project for like a long time like this is what he wanted to do and so they're like you know it's kind of like when someone has a really awesome dream and they're trying to convey to you how awesome it is (laughs) but they're like getting frustrated because you don't understand how awesome it is and like i'm like yeah i I felt that. <laughs> I'm sure it's really cool, Brett. I don't know. I don't know, man. Well, well one, one element, we haven't talked about it, and I'll just mention it briefly, but, like, I did see another reviewer point this out as a possibility. So you look at this, and if you've seen Beast, you'd be like, oh, it, it looks so much similar to Beast. It has a lot of the thematic elements of Beast. It has the same composer and great music, and it's focused on children, and it's set in the same kind of area. So, like, you have all these elements carrying over, so it's like, and then you have the peter pan story as your backdrop so it's like why isn't this a slam dunk again i enjoy it jack for jack it was a slam dunk um but for a lot of people it's it's more mixed but someone pointed out so he didn't write beasts by himself there was a co-writer on beasts and that was lucy alabar and she wrote beasts originally as a play and then she went mm. to him and they were like childhood friends and they adapted it into the movie. And she's gone on to work on a couple other movies and I think another play and she worked on a novel. So like she might have been the lady with the plot structure. She might have been like, we need to do it. So this kind of works. And he's like, yeah. cool, I'll be over here with the sparklers. <laughs> Um, so he might, it might be that he might've needed somebody to rein him in a little bit. Uh, I don't think it's a failure by any means, but I, I think that's the one element that's, that's drastically different. If you look at the elements that were on the table the first time that aren't there now. And at this point, I'm glad I haven't seen beasts yet because that means I can enjoy this movie without comparing it to other (laughs) things that this guy's done. Jeez. Y'all.
Um, a quick, quick defense for uh, kind of the, not quite the ending, but the ending in Neverland. Like, okay, we, Jess, you kind of talked about it, but we didn't really explain what happened. So, like, the, the olds steal the kids to try and use them as bait to get to the mother. And the mother comes for them. Although, uh, um, Peter and Wendy try to fly again. Uh, and they don't, again, they just go into the water, which was disappointing. I did want them to fly at that moment and be like, magic! So that was an interesting choice. But anyway, mother comes for these kids, and James, who at this point is Captain Hook, get, gets mother, stabs her with the hook, gets some, some of her meat on his, uh, Spears. Thank you. Yeah. Spear. I forgot the word for spear. I was like, stabbing unit. Um, Get some meat of the mother on the spear and is like, everyone's trying to convince him to eat it, but it just is like smoking and sad and just like all the magic has drained out of it and he's just looking at it and being like, well, this is depressing. Like, I hate, I, and now the mother's dead and this isn't, clearly it's not going to work. It's not going to make me young again. And so everybody's just standing around sad. And then what, I can't remember who starts it, but they start singing kind of the, the mother's theme. They start mm. singing the song. I think, what, I think uh, Wendy does, doesn't she? That, that would make sense thematically, no, I narratively. The started it. It's either, it's either Wendy remember. or Buzzo. I'm not sure which. Freaking Buzzo. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, they essentially, you know, sing her back to life type of thing, which is... Eh, it's fine. And it's nice. It's a happy ending, which I appreciated. Because there was a point where uh, uh, Douglas gets the bloody head and disappears and might be dead. And then uh, James loses his hand. I'm like, what is this movie doing? Where are we going? I was so happy before this. Uh, but then, okay, so the mother comes back and magic is alive again and it's cool. <laughs> and then um, Peter, uh, like, is kind of looking at the olds. Everybody's just standing around at this point. And it's like they've kind of come together as a unit, which is cool. But then at this point, it's like, well, okay, now what do we do? And Peter's like, I have an idea. And he goes off and essentially challenges Captain Hook, or it's James, which I think, anyway, challenges him. And they start having a sword fight and everything. And then everybody's cheering them on. And it's kind of this, like, more hopeful ending because James realizes he can't go home because he's an old man now. And how are you going to explain that? But staying on this island would be terrible because all the olds are just totally outcast, 100%. Like, they just are, aren't are allowed to play. And Peter, at this point, is essentially, like, making peace with them. It's like, okay, we you guys can play. We can still hang out. We can still have fun. Which I appreciated. That was a nice, like, James, instead of, like, James becomes this villain, it's James is actually invited back into playtime. Like, he's invited back into playing and imagining and having fun. Yeah, I, I read... Which I thought was I great. I read it as, especially the way the older actor performs it, I read it as James is adopting... They're playing Cowboys and Indians, Cops and Robbers. He's adopting, like, I will be a pirate. Like, he's mm, adopting the yeah. role of villain and that they're on equal footing. And Peter has a good line yes. where he says... Um, he's talking... He, he, Peter has his sword extended and Hook has his hook and he like I think Peter names him Captain Hook and he says yeah, I think so and he says my greatest villain or greatest yeah. enemy and That's so and yeah. then they have this like sword fight atop this like little cliff 
that has like the sun sun behind it and both the pirates and the lost boys are all cheering them on for each side so yeah you are essentially seeing the birth of peter pan and captain hook's rivalry but it's presented in a way of like oh no this is all just pretend and we know it's pretend and it's fun and it's not yeah captain hook is trying to actually murder anyone so like yeah i I thought that moment was incredibly like touching and interesting for the mythos yes Mm -hmm. i wanted like because now that the pirates the pirates the old are playing too and using their imagination like does that prevent them from aging further because we hadn't seen like if any of them actually die Mm -hmm. and so it's kind of like i wish we would have seen like do they keep aging and aging and aging until they're just like sand she just like, wanted to see the death. She wanted well, no, to see wanted, the body count much higher. No, I wanted to know, like, are they going to then stop aging because they believe again mm-hmm. and because they are, you know, capturing their inner child with this, even though mm-hmm. they're old, they won't get younger, yeah. but they can, like, stay alive that, because... The movie's not yeah. explicit on it, but that was what I thought they were going for, is that they, because they yeah, were engaging same. in play and because early in the movie they talked about believing in the mother and thus the magic keeps you young if they're now yeah. engaging in play they would you know no longer age out to be 200 year old men and women so uh anyway i thought it was nice um, i like that all right so let's uh wrap up here soon real quick before we do other iterations of peter pan what are some of our favorites and then we'll close out i liked uh, the movie finding neverland Johnny Depp. Oh, God, yes. Oh, I forgot oh, about my that God, one. I love yeah, that I like movie. It. Yeah. Uh, Other than that, I was a big fan of Hook when I was a kid. I've understood that it's not considered a good movie, so I'll have to rewatch it, but I, what? I remember liking Who's, it. Who said that? Show me to that. I've heard I, people I talk it like negatively about it. Ago. It holds up. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm, yeah, not, I will I'm, fight not, I'm not a fan of Hook. Yeah, I think Linton's. You are one of the people who've told me, like, but, but I have to watch it again, but I, I did love it as a kid. <laughs> yeah, I love hook and i understand that it's probably a big nostalgia factor but like we watched it like two weeks ago and i'm like this is a blast i'm having so much fun just like and it's wild because like they don't even go to neverland to like 40 minutes into the movie it's a long kids movie. it's an ambitious yeah it's an ambitious so long it might be three three hours like it's two and a half hours i think it's very and I was yeah. Like, how did I watch hours. this all the time as a I child? I thought the same thing. I know. I think how I had it on repeat. But like, as a kid, I don't know. You're just like constantly leaving the room, yeah. coming back, playing. Like things are just on. <laughs> so I was like, I've seen this so many times. How did I sit through this? So uh, just to state where I fall on Hook, uh, I, I love <laughs> I love Spielberg in general. Hook was not one that I grew up watching and loving. I'd seen it. You know, people would ha- it'd be on TV or like other people had it and stuff. But I never connect. Again, I said I, I kind of came to Peter Pan somewhat later, and I cook mm-hmm. easily could have. It never meshed for me, and I rewatched it. It's been a long time since so I rewatched it, but I remember like feeling like a lot of the sets just feel like sets and feel fake. Whereas in this, well, yeah. in this though, it's like it's fucking real. They're at Neverland. <laughs> yes. So it that's is. that's one yeah. element that pulls me out of it. Is like a lot of it looks like they're on a studio lot. And that hurts it for me, but that's not gonna kill it in total. Um, I like mm. I like Captain Hook and Smee. I think both of those actors in those roles are perfect. God. You mean in Hook? Yeah. Just they're fucking chewing. Dustin scenery. Hoffman and uh, Bob Hoskins. 
Yeah. Thank you. Legendary performance. Unbelievable. I know. Perfection. They're fantastic. Uh, I love John Williams' music, as always. Um, There's there's like very nice moments. I like a lot of parts and scenes. I remember there's one bit where Toodles, when he's old, says, I've forgotten how to fly. And then for some reason, it's... uh, Phil Collins is in that movie as a cop and Phil Collins says one does um so there's like some really like touching moments who's the The, who's the other like crazy Glenn Close Glenn Close is one of the pirates in Hook and it's amazing just a little bit part this totally uh so I'm about ready to say that the key issue I've always had with Hook and it might ruin your childhood (laughs) version of this I think Robin Williams is horribly miscast as Peter Pan I think he's he's an incredibly talented actor and comedian. I don't think Peter Pan grows up to be Robin Williams. And the original version of who they wanted was Kevin Klein. And Kevin Klein is a grown-up Peter Pan. Mm-hmm. He looks like him and, and the that. kind of like okay. impish quality. But Robin Williams doesn't ha- it, it's not it's nothing against Robin Williams. I just don't think he should be embodying Peter Pan. I think he's a mm-hmm. He's a different kind. Of, he could be an, a grown-up mm. Toodles or something, but I don't think he's a grown-up Peter Pan. So I, it it never works for me because I don't think he works in the role. So that hurts it for me. Don't agree, and that's fine. But yeah. I understand what you're saying. I think they needed someone who... Well, they wanted Kevin Klein, but Kevin Klein was shooting another movie. So yeah, that's what happened. I'm, but, like, I'm... So, like, he's Peter Banning in a large part of the movie, the first half, like, whatever... Um, and he's kind of just gross. Like, he's a terrible dad. He's, like, just the worst. And it's, like, the only way this works and the only way the audiences are going to tolerate it is if they know Robin Williams is going to come out eventually. And, like, (laughs) we'll wait for that. (laughs) Yeah, two and a half hours of waiting. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Um, I truly love uh the Ooh. 2003 peter pan oh yeah um, i like that one i absolutely adore it uh i've seen it many many times um i got the dvd right uh, i think the summer after my senior year so like right before i went to college so i just watched it at college a lot and it was very like i you know your first year in college and you're a little you're homesick and everything's different and it's weird and you're you're in a different place and you don't have all your old friends and everything. It was just very like, I don't know. There's, and it, you know, of course you're dealing with growing up. It's the first time that you're away from home really. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I have a lot of nostalgia and love for that movie. I haven't watched it in years and I probably should again. J- but Jason that one Isaacs just... is an amazing Captain Hook. Oh my God. He's phenomenal. Oh, yeah, he's so good. He was in the... God, he's so good. Um, but Jess, earlier you were talking about how like the crush thing was super important. It's like that one is real heavy handed with like the romance between Peter and Wendy. Yeah. Oh like, yeah, very, very, uh, very obvious. I mean, I had uh, a crush on Peter Pan. I think <laughs> I was like around that. I was like, yeah, I get it, Wendy. I get it. Yeah, Jess, you would have been in yeah. high school when that movie came out. Yeah, but so was the actor. Uh, <laughs> they didn't cast a ten-year-old. Uh, <laughs> Did they? They were teens. They were teens. They were teenagers. Uh, yeah. All right. You can look into it. Um, <laughs> but... um, oh, I want to say, sorry, this was just on my mind because I watched Hook two weeks ago. But, like, the one miscast of that movie 
is absolutely Julia Roberts. Mm. Like, what the I hell? I agree. Actually agreed. Yes. Yeah. She's agreed not a Tinkerbell. Apparently Come she on. was, like, I thought horrible it was fun, on set. But... And I think Spielberg hated oh. working with her. <laughs> oh, that's oh. a bummer. That's a, but you never like hear her. those stories. You never hear that he, like, is has problems with anyone. So. Uh, I've looked it up. The the Peter character was only he's born in nineteen eighty nine, the actor. So he's only three years younger than me. Yeah, he's, so he's that's, two years younger than me. So, so right. it's like, right. yeah, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um all right, yeah, so we'll wrap up here. I'll just say I do like the Disney version. I think that uh it captures a lot mm-hmm. of the spirit of it. I they do make Peter kind of a dick in that. So I like that. And then uh the animation <laughs> is solid and there's some good songs. There's a silent version from, like, turn of the century, uh, like, 1904 or something. That's a really good version of the stage play. And E.T. is a very good riff on the Peter Pan mythos as well. What? You've never heard this? Yeah, it's it's meant to be structured. Elliot, uh, E.T. is meant to be essentially, like, a merging of, like, Peter Pan and, like, Tinkerbell. Because he gets brought back to life with the children Look into it. The writer, the I am not making this up. The writer based it loosely. I'm not saying you're making it up. No, I'm just saying it. You, you have the <laughs> a stretch. You have the kids as like filling in for the lost boys. This is a thing. Go look it up. I get kids that it's a thing. Lost boys. Just wow, it's fine. Right. I don't know if I get it. Well, <laughs> I'll uh, read it. But uh, yeah, um, and then there was the very very bad pan movie. From uh, the heard about early this. 2010s, I think. Um, Somewhere 2015, something like that. I don't know this. Yeah, At first, I thought you were like, I, Pan's Labyrinth. I was like, mm, I we're going to fight. Yeah, it's real bad. Um, I think it, yeah. Okay, so uh, would you recommend Wendy? Yes, to people who like the Peter Pan mythos, but it's not an mm. accessible movie, so I'd have trouble recommending it outside of that. <laughs> I'll say that I don't recommend the movie just because I don't know as someone who does love the Peter Pan lore I just didn't get enough of it I just felt like it didn't there are better things out there um, to consume if that's what you're into and I think that uh, if you want something in this director's style from what y'all have said I think Beast of the Southern Wild I haven't seen it but you know if that is the gem that everyone says it is then I'm like fine like maybe that's the part that works like because I definitely like like this director's style um and I like a lot of choices he makes but like it just doesn't work for me this story so yeah go see that instead okay all right (laughs) guess I'm alone I'm so alone in this I was gonna post about it on Facebook and talk about how much I loved it and encourage people to see it but apparently now I'm not gonna do that because I well you you still need to do that for this podcast so do that (laughs) well obviously I'm gonna push the podcast that's gonna happen but uh, I guess I won't push this movie as hard which is really sad I absolutely loved it completely and we'll probably purchase it and watch it many more times maybe I'll still push for people to see it just because I think do it do it do it do it I think it's still worth it even if it's I disagree that it's not accessible if you're not heavily into Peter Pan because I think if you're just somebody who likes adventure and yearns for that and has these like big dreams that you're afraid you'll never get to I think it really hits on that a lot and 
you know, the cost of those dreams and the cost of, you know, and even being old, like we're all afraid of growing old. And I think it really touches on a lot of the real pain that is in being old and feeling old and seeing how the world treats you when you're old and how it doesn't have to be that way. And I, I thought it was great forever. I'll love it always. And that's fine. Hey, we are not here to tell you otherwise. No, that's, uh, that's very that's sweet. That's why you guys are better people than me. That's, that's very sweet and touching. And no, I'm surprised that you connected with it as much as you did. Not that I, I this is the first time I've seen it. I, as I said, mm. I was looking forward to it. Um, I just w did not expect, I, if anything, I expected Jess to be the one who was overflowing with love <laughs> for it. Just because I know, Same. you know, Jess, I know you're just a huge fan of Peter Pan. And, uh, Jack, I think you had mentioned it maybe leading up. You had made a mention that you liked the book a lot, but I knew that about mm -hmm. Jess, that Jess is a fan of all things Disney and specifically like a fan of like Peter Pan and everything. So, um, yeah, I mean, for me, I liked it. I, I got to the end and I was frustrated by some elements and it, the movie is like maybe it's like an hour and 50 minutes. So mm -hmm. I, I think maybe some of that could have been trimmed a little bit to just make it a little Agreed. moved along for some mm, of these sure. scenes. But I think there are so many scenes that are incredibly effective. I think the actors are very good, particularly the child actors. It's beautifully shot, beautifully scored. It has some wonderful touching moments, like both for the pan mythos and just for what the movie is attempting to do. Um, so I would recommend it. Uh, like, I think it I think it would play well to like people who like indie movies, True. you know, people who like fantasy movies. Uh, so I don't think you have to just be a Peter Pan fan. I think you'll have a better appreciation of some stuff if you are. But I think mm -hmm. it touches on a lot of aspects, as Jack says, about like childhood and growing up and growing old. Like those are universal themes that Peter Pan tapped into a hundred years ago, and so like this movie is doing that as well. Um, but yeah, I would recommend it. And uh, I didn't bring this up earlier, but like I, it it reminded me as I was watching it when the movie Where the Wild Things uh, Where the Wild Things Are when that mm -hmm. came I wrote out. That down. I meant to bring that up. This is what this movie is. What that movie wanted to be is. What oh, I, I, I think. Oh, I, thought oh, I think that. Yeah, I think that. Well, I, I'm not going to say anything like knocking this one, but no, I think where the wild things are is fantastic. Mm -hmm. um, but I remember when that came out, and we'll do it on the show at some point. But when that came out, I remember uh, a friend commenting. He thought because the reaction to that got was like a lot of people weren't liking it. Mm -hmm. it, you know, they were rejecting it or they're like, oh, it's not like the book that I remember because it was trying some different stuff. And I thought his take on it was really solid. He said, it's not a movie for children. It's a movie about childhood. Because like some mm -hmm. people, like I think uh, we were in a writing program and I think maybe one of the ladies went and took her kids and the kids were just like, what's this? Because it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not a movie that's really geared to kids mm -hmm. it's a movie that's like yeah you're an adult and you remember what it's like to be a kid and trying to tap into a lot of those fears and joys and everything and i think this movie has similar goals so like it being a movie about childhood and not a movie for children because yeah i would say this is not a movie to recommend for children no. not that it's like horrible it doesn't have like you know tons and tons of violence or language or anything but there are those couple moments where it's like yeah That'd be pretty rough, like the the hand cutting scene. Um, yeah, yeah. So, 
but yeah, it's, it's definitely something I think if you're into indie films, if you're into fantasy films, um, you could get a lot out of it. And I think a lot of people are just kind of open-minded going into it. I would say it, it narratively has some flaws, some of the structure of it, but I think overall it shines past that. And I will, I will be watching it more. I, I definitely want to revisit it and like think about mm-hmm. its goals. And I'm pretty confident I will be buying this. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so it's, it's a plus for me. All right. Um, yeah, I wanted to say that part of my frustration with this movie, having just watched it, you know, these feelings might die down <laughs> as I sit with this for a few days, but like, you know, it's a Peter Pan story. It's has the indie vibes. It has, you know, where the wild things are vibes that, which I got from the trailer and it, you know, it's told from Wendy's perspective, which I have always kind of wanted. And just like, my frustration is how, how am I not the one to like this? <laughs> like, what? I'm this surprised does too. not work for me. Like, so I'm just like, I don't, this should have been a home run. And the fact that it isn't, I'm just like, so annoyed by like, ugh. and so, yeah, I, I loved where the wild things are. I know it wasn't popular, but like this had a similar trailer <laughs> as that trailer of just like the arcade fire. I mean, this is arcade fire ish <laughs> music, um, you know, with these kids running and wild and free. And I was like, okay, same vibes, same vibes. I'm going to like this. And then this was like an extended trailer. I felt like a lot of it was just like, okay, we, yep, this still just feels like a trailer to me of just like, this is what's going to happen. And it's like, well, this is a movie. So, <laughs> um, this is why I don't watch trailers. <laughs> yeah, don't do it. And I don't know. So that's that's my whole thing is like maybe I'm taking this personally of just like, God damn it, I should have <laughs> liked this. This should have been for me. <laughs> and it wasn't. <laughs> well, I hope uh, if you sit with it, uh, it, it improves in your eyes. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I do think like, like Jack and I have said and, and Eric earlier, like, I think there are valuable things within it, even if it's not Mm -hmm. totally making all the connections that it maybe could or should. Um, But that brings us to, can I find this? So uh, this movie, which was unceremoniously received (laughs) in theaters due to COVID, can be found on uh, many streaming services. If you have HBO Max, Hulu, Amazon Prime, I think has it, or you get it through HBO Max on mm. Amazon Prime. I don't understand how any of these companies work. There's like yeah. 50 <laughs> streaming sites now and they're making deals with each other. I don't get it. <laughs> but uh, something on Amazon Prime and then YouTube, Google Play, and Apple TV were just some of them. I'm sure there's other, you know, more obscure ones as well. Unfortunately, it's not on DVD or Blu-ray yet. Mm. It's been out a year at this point. And I don't really, I mean, not all movies, especially indie stuff, gets immediate media releases. And sometimes it takes two or three years, but usually that's because they're like shipping it around festivals. But this movie was released and just died a horrible death in theaters. So I, I mean, I hope that this gets a physical media release because I would be very pissed if it doesn't. Um, many worse movies. Yeah, I need this. Many worse movies have been put on DVD and Blu-ray. We did a yeah. show. We did a show on the toy with Richard Pryor, <laughs> and it was put on Blu-ray. 
So uh, this movie needs to be on Blu-ray. I'm not sure why it hasn't been a year out, but it hasn't been. Maybe they're just trying to recoup some of their expenses through the downloads since it, uh, you know, failed the way it did. But, um, but yeah, currently not on Blu-ray or DVD, unfortunately. Uh, I will note I did talk about at the top that this guy not only did Beast of Southern Wild, but he did Glory at Sea, which is like a 25-minute short-ish film. And very similar in style and theme and everything. Um, that is out there on I saw it on YouTube and Vimeo and probably some other places that's just been like uploaded and I have a copy of it from way way back. So you can I would say if you've seen Beasts and you're a big fan of that, worth checking out Glory at Sea as well. Um, and then that wraps us up for Wendy. And we will be back next time, and we are going to be looking at a bizarre musical from the 1980s called The Apple. I have never seen this, and uh, most of our people who are going to be on this have never seen it, but it's sort of like a kind of famous, bizarre, bad musical, like, uh, you know, on a, like a midnight movie type thing. <laughs> so... Uh, getting kind of Rocky Horror vibes that they were trying to ape some of that style a little bit. So anyway, we'll be uh, taking a look at that next. See you then. <laughs>